And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Coming to you on the Mojo Five O radio network and streaming on demand on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spreaker, Spotify, and you can find it on YouTube as well. Follow me on Twitter at Right Now Jim Dawes. And we're on the web at jimdawes.com. You can shoot me an email at rightnowjimdawes at gmail.com. Or leave a voicemail at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Use that line for your questions or comments and we'll use your call on the broadcast. Well, we lost a great American. Uh, Ross Perot has passed on at the age of 89 years old. He died at home in Dallas with his uh, family around him. He'd been suffering from leukemia for about the past three years. I did not know he was sick. He was interviewed in 2016 uh, and asked what his uh, what he wanted people to remember uh, as his legacy. And he answered that uh, Texas born, Texas bred. And when he dies, he'll be Texas dead. And that was uh, that was sort of the plain spoken uh, Ross Perot that we came to know during his two presidential runs. He, um, of course, ran uh, in 1992 on a third party ticket and uh, and mounted the uh, most successful independent run for president in our nation's history or in modern history, I should say. He ran against George H. W. Bush, or Pappy Bush, and uh, Arkansas Governor Bill Clinton, and he took enough of the vote to allow Bill Clinton to win that election with about, um, I think it's about forty forty five percent of the vote. Um, but uh, Ross Perot was a true American success story. He was born in Texarkana, Texas to a uh to a, a cotton mill worker and he went on to found um in 1962 electronic data systems corporations in the very early days of providing computer services to other companies and uh, ended up selling that uh, that company for um two i think almost three billion dollars to general motors one of the uh, very first private billionaires in this country but uh you know there was more to him than just money he actually uh put uh, put his nation before profits created thousands and thousands of jobs he um when he was a kid he used to uh, deliver newspapers from the back of a pony went on to be uh, a, a many times over a billionaire creating two uh, big companies that he sold for over a billion dollars but he attended the U.S. Naval Academy and, uh, and went to sea, uh, you know, during his commission. Um, left the Navy and, um, and founded these companies. In 1979, two of his employees were taken hostage um, and being held in Iran in a prison. And he mounted a, uh, a privately funded mercenary raid to free them from prison i wish i could remember the name of that movie um 
It was it was made into a movie and a book, and it was an outstanding read. I, I don't know if I ever saw the movie. I don't remember seeing the movie. But uh, in 1992, uh, after having seen the negotiations of NAFTA and warning uh, the, uh, his fellow Americans that it was going to be a disaster for the country, he mounted this third-party candidate in order to try to get a hold on this uh, this national debt that was, uh, at the time, about 3 or $4 trillion dollars. And, uh, and to uh, turn us away from these uh, disastrous trade deals. He spent almost uh, 70000 or $70 million of his own money. Uh, he was buying up private 30-minute uh, television spots and taking his case directly to the people. He was, he was a character. At one point, I, I guess his most famous quote was, if anybody's got a better solution, I'm all ears. And he... <laughs> He was about five foot six, and, and he really did have big ears. But uh, man, what a uh, what a patriot he was! You know, I, I don't uh, I don't call people heroes uh, lightly, but he really uh, was uh, heroic in at least the political sense. So I'm going to play you some clips now. The first is. Uh, uh, Ross Perot, uh, he announced his uh, presidential run on Larry King. Number one, I will not run as either a Democrat or Republican because I will not sell out to anybody but to the American people. And I will sell out to them. And really that decision to uh, to run as an independent probably is what doomed him. You know, the brilliance of Donald Trump is he, he realized uh, that he could go into the Republican Party uh, and run against the establishment and uh, the conventional wisdom in the party and overcome it and, to, and basically take over the party has become nearly impossible to uh, to overcome the two-party system in this country and if Ross Perot had run as a Republican I suspect he may have won and if he had won oh man this country would have been so much better off I believe that he would have got a handle on our uh, runaway spending and that he would have turned us away from these disastrous trade deals you may recall in 1992 he actually made the stage for a debate between uh, bill clinton and um and hw bush and um and he pointed out you know why he was a better choice than the, an establishment democrat or republican they've got a point i don't have any experience in running up a four trillion dollar debt any experience in gridlock government where nobody takes responsibility for anything and everybody blames everybody else. I don't have any experience in creating the worst public school system in the industrialized world, the most violent crime-ridden society in the industrialized world, but I do have a lot of experience in getting things done. So if we're at a point in history where we want to stop talking about it and do it, I've got a lot of experience in figuring out how to solve problems, making the solutions work, and then moving on to the next one. I've got a lot of experience in not taking 10 years to solve a 10-minute problem. So if it's time for action, I think I have experience that counts. If there's more time for gridlock and talk and finger-pointing, I'm the wrong man. And uh, he missed his opportunity in 1992. But uh, during that same debate, uh, a a questioner from the audience asked him uh, about NAFTA. That was was a proposal at the time. Bill Clinton went on to be re-elected and and, uh, implement NAFTA. It was negotiated under George H.W. Bush, so it was a bipartisan sellout 
of the interests of working men and women. It cost America millions of jobs. And we could see what was going to happen, and Ross Perot warned of it. Let's go. <laughs> and I think the first question is over here. Yes, I'd like to direct my question to Mr. Perot. Uh, what will you do as president to open foreign markets to fair competition from American business and to stop unfair competition here at home from foreign countries so that we can bring jobs back to the United States? That's right at the top of my agenda. We've shipped millions of jobs overseas, and uh, we have a strange situation because we have a process in Washington where after you've served for a while, you cash in, become a foreign lobbyist, make $30,000 a month, then take a leave, work on presidential campaigns, make sure you've got good contacts, and then go back out. Now, if you just want to get down to brass tacks, first thing you ought to do is get all these folks who've got these one-way trade agreements that we've negotiated over the years and say, fellas, we'll take the same deal we gave you. And they'll gridlock right at that point because... For example, we've got international competitors who simply could not unload their cars off the ships if they had to comply. You see, if it was a two-way street, just couldn't do it. We have got to stop sending jobs overseas. To those of you in the audience who are business people, pretty simple. If you're paying $12, $13, $14 an hour for factory workers, and you can move your factory south of the border, pay a dollar an hour for labor, hire a young 25... That's assume you've been in business for a long time. You've got a mature workforce. Pay a dollar an hour for your labor. Have no health care. That's the most expensive single element, making a car. Have no environmental controls, no pollution controls, and no retirement. And you don't care about anything but making money. There will be a giant sucking sound going south. So we, if, if the people send me to Washington, the first thing I'll do is study that 2,000-page agreement and make sure it's a two-way street. I, one last point here. I've called, I decided I was dumb and didn't understand it, so I called the who's who of the folks who've been around it. And I said, why won't everybody go south? They said, we'll be disruptive. I said, for how long? I finally got them up for 12 to 15 years. And I said, well, how does it stop being disruptive? And that is when their jobs come up from a dollar an hour to $6 an hour and ours go down to $6 an hour, then it's leveled again. But in the meantime, you've wrecked the country with these kinds of deals. You've wrecked the country with these kind of deals. Now, this was a man that earned billions of dollars that um, could have thrown in with the, um, the economic traders to this nation. But he didn't. He did everything in his power with um you know with with all of his might to try to warn the country and turn them back and again uh, i think strategically where he made the mistake was uh, trying to do it from a third party he should have became uh, a republican or a democrat it really wouldn't matter and, and take taken over the country because um you know that was uh his real failing is uh is having to run as a third party he ran again uh, four years later in 1996. His uh, second campaign was not nearly as successful. By that time, he re- had re- uh, established the Reform Party. Um, but he and and they shut him out of the debates. Uh, they would they weren't going to make the mistake of allowing him on the stage again after you know his uh, his first uh, you know uh, most successful independent run in history. He got just 8% of the vote down from around uh, 20% previously. And, uh, and he gifted the reform party, uh, you know, as a national political force. But, uh, uh, although Pat Buchanan used that vehicle four years later to mount his uh, campaign in 2000, 
uh, third-party uh, run just turned out to be too quixotic. But Perot's ideas, uh, along with Pat Buchanan and, and Ralph Nader, um, on trade and the deficit uh, remained part of the political cla- uh, landscape. And it was that uh, those ideas, those America First beliefs, that Donald Trump um, rode into the White House in 2016. Um, basically blowing up the uh, establishment wing of the Republican Party and uh, and establishing the Republican Party as the home of wage earners and nationalists. Born in Texarkana, Texas in 1930. Died today, um, July 9th, 2019. Served his country in the military, served his country in business, served his country politically. Ross Perot has passed from the scene, and he is going to be sorely missed. We now know that Google and YouTube aren't just silencing conservatives online. They're also manipulating their algorithms to interfere in the 2020 election. Meanwhile, big mobile companies are taking the proceeds from your mobile phone bill and funding leftist candidates and causes. This includes promoting illegal immigration, abortion, and gun control. You've got only one way to preserve the Constitution and the values that made this country great. And that's by sticking together. This means supporting each other's causes and companies. Leading the charge in this effort is veteran-led Patriot Mobile. With unlimited plans starting as low as $25 a month, you get the same crystal-clear nationwide service with a portion of your bill going to support the causes you believe in. Come on over to PatriotMobile.com today. Switching is easy, and you'll get a free month service when you use the promo code Come on over. You do have a choice. Come on over today. PatriotMobile.com. That's PatriotMobile.com. Promo code. Come on over. Well, uh, the uh, the leftists on uh, Twitter have mounted a boycott Home Depot campaign that's got uh, millions and millions of followers. I suppose these uh, beta males that uh, you know uh, uh, adhere to this Marxist progressive ideology uh, are no longer going to buy anything at Home Depot. The 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 part the the uh, the failure of their uh, concept here is that none of those lefties uh, bought anything at Home Depot to begin with. <laughs> I would imagine they do their shop shopping more uh, at. Um, well, I don't want to badmouth any uh, any American retailer, but uh, they're they're angry that Bernie Marcus, one of the founders at Home Depot, uh, said that he uh, he plans on donating to the Trump campaign. Well, Bernie Marcus is no longer uh, part of Home Depot, but I guess you know that doesn't stop the Marxists from attacking uh, the company that uh, that he helped build. Uh, and um, and they're 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 going to. Uh, it's hilarious that uh, I, well maybe Antifa goes there to buy their um, their clubs or or some of the uh, implements they use as weapons, but I can't imagine uh, too many other of these. Um, these beta male Marxists uh, do much shopping at Home Depot. I, I think this is probably uh, going to end up um, helping Home Depot because the rest of us will just double up on our purchases there. I know I intend to. I uh, I have met Bernie Marcus and uh, had had uh, brief meetings with him when I was on the board of the Atlanta Fire Foundation. We that was a five hundred one c three that allowed uh, corporate citizens in Atlanta to help. 
with the training and provision of the Atlanta Fire Department uh, during you know times of tight budgets. And Bernie Marcus was always very generous, uh, both with his uh, his time and his uh, his support. Uh, so they're uh, they're really going after the wrong guy when they're going after Bernie Marcus. There's the one thing I would say to Bernie Marcus is you need to stop putting all of these LG and Samsung large appliances uh, in Home Depot. We don't need to lose the large appliance uh, market in this country. It's one of the last uh, major purchases that uh, we still have a healthy domestic manufacturing sector, you know, building Whirlpool and GE and Frigidaire and many others. And we really don't need South Korean products uh, filling up the uh, the floor space in Home Depot, please, sir. <laughs> I know I'm not going to buy it, but uh, but it it they are there. They're not better products, but they uh, um, I don't know if they're giving uh, you know Home Depot a, a bigger uh, margin or what's going on there. Well, old Eric Swalwell has dropped out of the presidential race. <laughs> Eric, we we barely knew ye. I uh, I actually was tied with Eric Swalwell for the Democrat nomination. We were both running at 0%. He may have had a few more votes than me, but uh, they were not measurable. And, of course, that's good news for Second Amendment's rights activists that uh, Eric Swalwell will not become president of the United States and uh, and use nuclear weapons in order to uh, confiscate our weapons. You may re- recall on Twitter somebody said... Uh, you know, the only way you're going to confiscate people's weapons is start a uh, another or a, a civil war, to which Swalwell responded, uh, "Well, the U.S. government's got nuclear weapons, so I think we'll win that war." But Swalwell dropped out. He had promised when he went into the race that um, he was he was uh, you know going to abandon his congressional seat from California, but now I guess he's seen the writing on the wall and he's decided to get back. And uh, and run for that seat, despite the fact that a, a, an even further leftist, if you can imagine that, has already announced uh, for that seat. A reporter asked him, "Well, what about the promise you made?" Yes. Yes. I had said that I wouldn't seek both. Uh, our our attorneys had told us that you could run for both. That decision wouldn't have to come until December, uh, and that if we were still in it in December, uh, I wouldn't seek uh, both. Uh, but uh, you know, the the polls have had their way. So uh, here we are in July. Uh, I'm excited, as I said, uh, to continue this work. I'm- the polls have had their way. Will you quit before anybody cast a single ballot? I guess he got his, got on the stage for that one debate, and that uh, you know that'll serve him well as far as name recognition goes. You remember he told <laughs> he told old Joe Sleepy Joe Biden it's time to pass the torch. Pointed out that uh, you know I I went to a campaign rally when I was six years old, and it was you saying it's time to pass the torch, and pointed out that it's time to pass the torch again. To which old old Sleepy Joe said, "Well, I've." I've got a firm grasp on that torch, and I don't intend to pass it. I think that was before Kamala uh, went at, after him and called him a racist. But uh, and he uh, he did, he uh, declared that he's sorry uh, that his time is up. I'm sorry, my time is up. Perfect uh, quotation to mark the epitaph of Joe Biden's uh, political career. 
But uh, one idiot exits the stage and another idiot fills his place. Old Tom Steyer, the California billionaire leftist. I don't understand how people like George Soros and Tom Steyer, who've got all these billions of dollars, turn out to be um, such lefties. And Steyer, you know, he's the one that's going around. uh, he, He actually spent millions and millions of dollars continuing to fund Fusion GPS to try to gin up a rationale for the impeachment of Donald Trump. So after Hillary Clinton and the DNC stopped paying her, Tom Steyer took out his checkbook and continued to fund their uh, their bogus opposition research against Donald Trump. And he has now announced that he just can't take it. He can't stand sitting at home watching those Democrat debates where nobody is promising to impeach the president. And so he's getting up off the couch. And uh, he made this announcement. If you think that there's something absolutely critical, try as hard as you can and let the chips fall where they may. And that's exactly what I'm doing. My name's Tom Steyer. I'm running for president. <laughs> so I don't know if he can get on the debate stage if he wants to do like Ross Perot did and buy, you know, 30-minute infomercials. Uh, I'm sure he's got the, the funds to do that. But uh, the long and and I would recommend that he does because the longer Tom Steyer talks, the more you realize that he's not. That elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor. There was a big uh, article in the Washington Post today about uh, poor Christian Gillibaran. Everybody keeps ignoring her. I think uh, she was polling down, uh, you know, in uh, below zero, right along with Eric Swalwell. She's sticking with it. They were trying to uh, to help her. And uh, and wrote this, you know, 2000 word uh, article on why she's not getting any traction. They they should have called me up. I could have answered the question for them. The reason she's not getting any traction is because it's quite obvious that uh, that she's a fraud. She was originally elected to Congress from an upstate district in New York. Uh, sort of a conservative red uh, area where she promised to defend Second Amendment rights and uh, and reform trade deals. And then, lo and behold, when Hillary Clinton tapped her to uh, succeed her in the, uh, the uh, Senate office there, actually it was Cuomo that appointed her, but it was Hillary Clinton that picked her, um, she turned out to be um, uh, a far... A, Progressive, I hate that word, progressive. Republicans need to stop playing the game of uh, allowing the Democrats to uh, to dictate the language. They're not progressive, they're Marxist. They're not liberal, they're leftist. Leftist, Marxist, not liberal, progressives. But Kristen Gillibrand is sinking in the polls. I, I expect uh, at some point she's going to be pushed off the stage as well. We just got a couple of minutes uh, to go in this section. And I want to point out that, um, you know, I I do a lot of web searching in preparation for this page, uh, for this show. And I noticed that on um, July 4th, Google had no uh, no little graphic honoring Independence Day. None. But after the Marxist Megan Rapinoe 
uh, was celebrated because of the U.S. women's soccer team uh, World Cup victory. They ran her on the page. Um, you know, trying to make it make out like she was some sort of patriot. And Nike has got a new ad out. Uh, you know, the same ones that opposed the uh, withdrew the flag commemorative shoes, putting Megan Rapinoe's face on Mount Rushmore. They're all in on the Marxist indoctrination. we got to run out to a break. There's going to be two messages. Stick with us, and we'll be right back on Right Now with Jim Dawes. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word, delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American First Perspective. Well, this uh, arrest of Jeffrey Epstein, I think uh, I think everybody's getting it wrong. They're uh, they're pretending that this is just uh, another effort to get another bite at the apple and uh, bring Jeffrey Epstein to justice. I'm not sure that that's the case because in his original uh, plea deal that was negotiated by Alan Dershowitz, it basically gave him immunity from federal prosecution for anything that he had done. The word I think they used in this plea agreement was globally. So it's going to be very difficult uh, for them to uh, raise the charges, at least on the violations that took place I think it was up until 2006. Now, if he has continued his uh, predation on underage girls, then, um, then of course, that would not be covered by the plea agreement, one would think, at least. But I think what's going on here, and uh, I think I'm going to be proven right with time, is this is uh, just another attempt by the federal prosecutors in the Southern District in New York to uh, to go after Donald Trump. And I think what they're they have in mind is another Russiagate-like hoax where they smear Donald Trump nonstop with uh, innuendo and baseless uh, allegations and whip up the uh, the left-wing media with rumors uh, about Donald Trump. 
Now, of course, the Clintons, especially Bill Clinton, who were deeply implicated uh, in a relationship with uh, Jeffrey Epstein, will be allowed to uh, to skate, of course. But they'll uh, they'll use us like a sledgehammer against Donald Trump in the run up to the 2020 elections to try to tie him to this uh, loathsome and despicable Jeffrey Epstein. So, um, oh man, where do you even start on this story? It's uh, it's, it's so uh, so degrading just talking about it. I guess I'll just uh, set it up by playing uh, the Southern District of New York's U.S. Attorney Jeffrey Berman announcing these indictments. Underage girls were initially recruited to provide Epstein with massages and often did so nude or partially nude. These massages became increasingly sexual in nature and would typically include one or more sex acts as specified in the indictment. As alleged... Epstein also paid certain victims to recruit additional girls to be similarly abused. This allowed Epstein to create an ever-expanding web of new victims. This conduct, as alleged, went on for years, and it involved dozens of young girls, some as young as 14 years old at the time that they were allegedly abused. As alleged, Epstein was well aware that many of his victims were minors. And not surprisingly, many of the underage girls that Epstein allegedly victimized were particularly vulnerable to exploitation. The alleged behavior shocks the conscience. Well, uh, after reading that indictment, uh, federal marshals uh, uh, appeared at Jeffrey Epstein's um, Central Park Upper West Side townhouse mansion it's uh, reported to be the largest uh, residence in manhattan seven stores 20 seven stories twenty two thousand square feet it was originally built as a hospital as near as i could tell and was bought and converted into a residence by the uh, the billionaire that uh, put together bed bath and beyond and victoria's secrets and how it was transferred to epstein is not quite clear the financial records are murky and indeed, how Jeffrey Epstein made his billions is equally as murky. People can't uh, really figure out how he made all this money. And he, it may be that he made his money through blackmail. He may have put together, uh, you know, a uh, this Lolita Express that uh, was the nickname for his private airplane uh, to invite these um, these billionaires, these, uh, you know, scions of uh, New York high society down to his private island off the coast of Puerto Rico, nicknamed Orgy Island, and then, um, and then uh, use, uh, you know, the appearances there in video uh, to blackmail these people. Now, all of this, I apologize for that background noise, the, uh, the landscapers have shown up outside the studio window uh, but we will carry on. But it's being speculated that uh, Jeffrey Epstein's, uh, you know, source of his billions of dollars is uh, is a real mystery, and it may be that uh, you know he was uh, he was using this uh, trafficking in underage girls uh, as leverage in order to uh, to use against um, billionaires. Now. 
Bill Clinton came out with a uh, announcement uh, this morning, very very quick, um, to say that uh, he knew nothing about this wrongdoing, and that uh, in claiming that he had only been on Jepstein, Epstein's private jet, the Lolita Express, four times. That uh, that account is disputed by a uh, an account in one of the British tabloids. I think it was the the Mail that said he had had been documented on flight logs as uh, flying on that plane with Epstein no fewer than uh, two dozen times, and that during many of those trips there were underage girls on board. And they're trying to tie this to Trump because at one time, you know, Trump was a publicity hog in Manhattan and somebody that was writing a story on Epstein went to Trump for a quote and Trump gave him a very uh, a quote that looks very bad now in hindsight by saying that uh, Epstein was a great guy and he was fun to party with and that he loved beautiful women and he liked women on the younger side. And that uh, that quotation that took place before anybody knew that uh, Epstein was being accused of this is going to be used as a, a cudgel to to beat Trump over the head with that and the appointment of uh, of Acosta, uh, the labor secretary. But that quote in particular is going to be used against Trump, and it will be totally ignored that when Donald Trump found out about the allegations of uh, Epstein's abuse of underage girls that he barred him from his properties. Now, I kind of believe that if Epstein had anything on Trump, that Trump wouldn't have marred him from his properties. But uh, that is not going to stop um, the media from smearing Donald Trump, probably in the same uh, sort of way that they used, they uh, they smeared Brett Kavanaugh. But this, uh, this Acosta fellow, who is now serving as Secretary of Labor, negotiated this plea agreement, and again, I say, I point out that this pivotal term globally is uh, is lurking on the second page of this uh, seven-page agreement. They signed it in 2007 that uh, was kept secret from many of the victims of uh, Epstein's predation, but uh, was negotiated by uh, um, Dershowitz and other members of his legal team with Alex Acosta, who was then the U.S. Attorney for the Southern uh, for Southern District of Florida, and is now serving as Labor Secretary. So this this deal is either one just incredibly, incredibly, breathtakingly incompetent, or it is corrupt. And Acosta has has responded to inquiries about why he cut such a lenient deal with Epstein that allowed him to serve just 13 months in a federal facility where he was allowed to leave six days a week for 12 hours at a time. I don't know what kind of correctional facility you just come and go that, you know, you're allowed to go to work. Man, that's a, that's a pretty sweet deal that he negotiated there. And, and uh, Costa says that uh, one of the reasons that he was able to get that is because Epstein had a army of private investigators and that his team of prosecutors were under assault. 
that's a pretty sorry answer if you can't uh, if you can't bring a prosecution with all of the might of the federal government you're in the wrong business and on the very on this very rare occasion i happen to agree with uh debbie wasserman schultz of all people who says that acosta ought to be fired or resign well, first and foremost, the president should fire him. Uh, if, if the president doesn't fire him, he uh, he certainly should resign. Uh, this is a person, again, who is responsible for the human trafficking laws, responsible for enforcing child labor laws and protecting the vulnerable from being uh, abused. And when he was the U.S. attorney in, in, in my community, he allowed Jeffrey Epstein to get off nearly scot-free. Hmm. He sexually abused dozens of girls and is accused once again of that. And this is the last person on God's green earth that hmm. should be responsible for protecting the vulnerable in this country. And part of the, the plea agreement here is that the, the, the agreement would not be made public. And I don't know if, uh, if it labeled or put him on the sex offender registry. But it appears that he may have gone on to continue his uh, his abuse of uh, young girls. And if that's the case, then Alex Acosta bears some of the responsibility for that. But uh, it you know gives me pause that the daughter of uh, former FBI director James Comey is one of the lead prosecutors. And that this uh, prosecution isn't taking place by the uh, Human Trafficking Division of the Southern District of New York but rather by the public corruption arm. That is the same arm that has been uh, you know, going after Donald Trump and negotiated that bogus plea agreement with uh, Michael Cohen where he pled guilty to a campaign finance violation that wasn't actually a crime. And I think they're just using this as another bite at the apple in order to try to gin up a new hoax to smear Donald Trump with. Like I say... You know, he was extremely close with Bill Clinton. They had an um, extensive relationship. And Bill Clinton visited the islands at least, the island, Orgy Island, at least four times. But he'll be, uh, he'll be allowed to walk while the uh, Southern District of New York uses this case to, uh, to smear and try to defeat Trump. Bill Barr was, uh, was interviewed. Uh, while he was visiting a correctional uh, facility in South Carolina yesterday. And he pointed out that uh, despite the fact that um, Department of Justice lawyers had gone in and argued that they had to have this case resolved before July 1st so that they could print the census uh, that the president has uh, has um, demanded that they try to find a path forward. And Bill Barr says he thinks he has found just such a path. We've been considering all the options, and I've been in constant uh, discussions with the president ever since the Supreme Court decision came down. And I think over the next day or two, you'll see what approach we're taking. And I think uh, it, it does provide a pathway for getting the question on the census. Well, he gave no details to that, but what he did do was replace the legal team that had represented to the, uh, the appeals court and to the Supreme Court that the drop-dead deadline was uh, July 1st because uh, obviously they now lack any credibility to make an argument before the Supreme Court. So you've got a new team in there, and uh, and I'm not sure exactly you know why this, uh, this deadline can't be uh, compressed somewhat. 
obviously at some point they're going to have to get these uh, documents out but um but they can be uh, being distributed and uh, and collected at the same time that printing continues. And it is absolutely critical that the census question of whether or not you're a citizen be included. Now, the Democrats' big objection to this is they think it might cause some illegal immigrants not to uh, answer the census. And tell you the truth, I, I think that is a real possibility. I think it's also a real possibility that they weren't going to answer the census uh, to begin with. But um, there will probably be more of them that uh, refuse to answer the census if it asks, in fact, if, are they a citizen? I'm fine with that. I would like them all to answer so that we would know how many illegal aliens we do have in this country. But if they don't want to answer in those, uh, those Democrat districts that offer sanctuary to illegal immigrants, uh, don't get as many representatives in Congress, that's just fine by me because I think it's a perversion of the Constitution and for the founders' intent that people in the country illegally have con- representation in Congress and dilute the rest of our, uh, our representation as a result. I don't think that was ever intended. There was very little in the way of requirements to immigrate to the country back then. But I think if you had told them that, uh, you know, people that uh, enter the country and uh, set up residence illegally, should they be represented in Congress? I cannot imagine any of them would have asked, answered uh, that in the affirmative. Nancy Pelosi, of course, never misses an opportunity to play the race card. And she accused the president uh, of, um, well, listen for yourself. It's about keeping... This is about keeping, you know, make America, you know, this hat, make America white again. They want to make sure that people, certain people are counted. It's it's really disgraceful. And it's not what our founders had in mind. And it's not what we can decide who we are as a people. Well, we have decided who we are as a people. And we put together, you know, some border security measures but those measures have been entirely undermined and stymied at every turn by the congressional Democrats and their left-wing judges. The American peoples were never asked whether or not they wanted 20 million or more illegal aliens to be able to set up a house in their country so that American taxpayers could provide them with education, health care, um, and all of the other services that uh, are made available to them including using you know our infrastructure and clogging up our jails the american people were never asked about any of that and what i want to know is if illegal aliens don't have to obey the law if they can set up house in this country and flout our laws then why do the rest of us have to obey the law why do i have to pay taxes why do i have to register my car why do i have to you know, jump through all these regulatory hoops that a, a citizen has to do. If you're a foreign national, you can just come in here and ignore the law. And I've told you the story several times where I was at a, uh, a checkpoint, a roadblock, and noticed that the uh, the guy in front of me didn't produce a license, didn't pr- produce a proof of insurance, and he was just waved on his way. And when it was my turn, I asked the deputy, you know, 
the guy in front of me just shook his head every time you ask him a question, uh, what, what, what was the deal? He said, well, he was an illegal immigrant. He didn't have a driver's license. He didn't have proof of insurance. He shouldn't have been driving. Shouldn't have been in the country. Well, I said, well, you know, why didn't you uh, take him into custody? He said, well, we wouldn't have room in the, the jail. The, uh, the sheriff has told us uh, not to enforce those laws. Now, if I had showed up at that checkpoint without proof of insurance, without a, a valid driver's license, I would have been taken to jail. But because this guy was in the country illegally, he got better treatment than a, uh, uh, an American citizen. And this is also very, uh, you know, similar to what's going on down at the border. Now they're arresting those people as they cross their board, the border and turn themselves in, and their children are being separated from them. They're being placed with relatives, or foster homes, or kept in group homes. That's exactly what happens to American citizens when they're arrested. You don't see AOC or Talib. Or the rest of these Democrat uh, uh, congressional Democrats complaining about the hundreds of thousands of American children that are separated from their parents when their citizen parents are arrested each year. It's all about the narrative for the Democrats. It's all about uh, vilifying the opponents. The president had attempted. Oh, I want to run out to a uh, a quick. Uh, ad from our sponsors well it's summertime and that makes it wild rice salad season wild rice is one of the healthiest foods and there's nothing better than a cold wild rice salad waiting in the fridge when you get home after a hard day's work buy a five pound bag of any wild rice product and you'll get a free one pound bag of wild rice and eight of our best wild rice salad recipes from menostalgia.com when you use the promo code free rice Wild rice salads are great as a quick meal or as a tasty side dish when grilling outside. And we're sending enough recipes to have one in the fridge every day of the week. That promo code again is free rice, and it's good online, in person, or over the phone. Log on today at mojowildrice.com. That's mojowildrice.com. Or call them directly at 800-328-6731. That's 800-328-6731. So you got these Democrat candidates for president of the United States. They're down on the border. They're visiting these, uh, these detention centers. They're calling them concentration camps and declaring that uh, it's child abuse to, to uh, separate these, uh, these migrants from the adults that brought them, even though they don't know for a fact that those, those um, adults that they're accompanied by are even related to them. And then they know by doing DNA tests, samples, sample tests, that over 30% of these children are in, in the custody of someone who is not related to them. So they're basically, you know, using these children, they, I don't know whether they kidnapped them or bought them or borrowed them or what's going on, in order to enter the country illegally. But, uh, you know, these, these radical Democrats would have you just turn a blind eye to that and just let them all in. If they had their way, what they would, they would do is have the Border Patrol run a bus service from Tijuana and uh, Juarez and the other big uh, border cities in Mexico 
and just bring these people in, um, you know, in mass. And it's especially galling when you see these uh, Democrats from failing cities and states like Cory Booker. He's a senator from New Jersey, but he's a two-term, former two-term mayor of Newark, New Jersey. Newark, New Jersey is a basket case. Why is Booker down on the border worried about what's going on down there when the city that he was mayor of for eight years is rife with homelessness, rampant crime, no jobs, just absolutely falling apart? Booker's not concerned about his constituents. He's concerned about foreign nationals down on our southern border. Bill de Blasio, the city of New York, is a mess. The streets, they have a huge homeless population of people living on the streets. The taxes are through the roof. The housing crisis is is out of control. And the crime is rising. Now, he's doing all he can to suppress the crime statistics, but the truth of the matter is, and if you talk to any New Yorker, they'll tell you this, that crime and homelessness are ruining the city. Is de Blasio concerned about that? No, he's concerned about providing government-sponsored health care for people that shouldn't be in the country to begin with. And old Kamala Harris is right there with him. You know, uh, uh, California has huge, huge problems, huge homeless problem. People living on the streets in uh, Los Angeles and San Francisco ruining the quality of life for people. The middle class is uh, leaving as fast as they can load up their moving vans. Is she concerned with that? Nope. She's too busy down, uh, you know, trying to gin up this narrative on the border and basically attacking poor old sleepy Joe Biden for being a racist. You know, there's a clip. We, we talked a little bit about this, throwing Joe Biden under the bus yesterday, but I forgot to play you this clip, and I want to play it for you now. It's Michelle Obama, and she was on stage um, with uh, with Oprah's best friend that uh, hosts the uh, CBS Morning News now, whose name escapes me. Why they're doing this interview on a stage, I don't know, trying to turn it into some sort of glittery event just to hear what o, uh, Michelle O has to say. But she was asked just to, you know, just to give a, a, a kind word for her husband's vice president. What, if anything, would you like to say about the Kamala Biden dust-up? He apologized today. You've been following that. Do you have any thoughts about that? So what, if anything, do you have to say about old poor Joe Biden being characterized as a racist? He apologized today. He's groveling. This is his fourth or fifth apology so far in the early stages of this campaign. Michelle O, do you have any, you know, qualified words of kindness for for old Joe Biden that served your husband loyally for eight years? What, if anything, would you like to say about the Kamala Biden dust-up? He apologized today. You've been following that. Do you have any thoughts about that? I do not. Okay. Let me ask this. Crowd loves it. Uh, She says she doesn't have any crumb 
to toss out to Joe Biden. Let me ask this. about that? I do not. Okay. Let me ask this. Crowd loves it. Moving on. I've been moving on. I've been doing this rodeo far too long. Yeah, moving on. Moving like and no comments. Yeah, move move on. And no comment works too. And no comment, by the way, is a complete sentence. (laughs) What are the qualities that you think make a good president? That's unbelievable. I I tell you why Michelle O has not uh, got any kind words for Biden because he was a useful idiot for Barack Obama. He was able to uh, use his connections with the labor community that was a joke to begin with to deliver, you know, working men and women in the upper Midwest. And now that it's time for a little bit of, uh, you know, and, and by the way, Joe Biden set out the 2016 presidential campaign because uh, Barack Obama told him that it was uh, Hillary Clinton's time. So he wouldn't be as old and decrepit uh, during, you know, in back in 2016 as he is now. And part of the reason that he's having such a hard time with Kamala is because Barack sidelined him in 2016. Rudy Giuliani appeared on uh, Laura Ingram's show and had an interesting take on this. And uh, they, they also realize he's not up to it. And they want to win. And I think they feel that Joe is going to self-implode at some point and they want yeah. him out. Well, Jill Biden spoke out tonight and they were clearly stunned and ill-prepared for this attack. Let's watch. Biggest surprise for you so far? Uh, the biggest surprise, I think, was the debate. I think, um, you know, I think probably uh, Kamala was a little bit of a surprise. Um, I think that's the biggest surprise so far. Uh, again, how do you how are you not prepared for that? That's, that's, that's Kamala, almost a disqualifying in and of itself. Of course it is. I mean, if you're not prepared for Kamala, are you, are you prepared for uh, are you prepared for Kim Jong-un and Putin and the people in China? <laughs> no, they made too much money and, and in honestly, China. Gonna, and honestly, Joe isn't prepared. Yeah, that's the sad truth about him. All right, uh, Rudy, we got a lot of other topics. No, he's not prepared. He's not going to be prepared. And if he ends up on the, the stage for the general election debates with uh, Donald Trump, if he thinks Kamala Harris is tough to handle, Donald Trump comes after him for this uh, Chinese corruption and this Ukraine corruption with his son, Hunter Biden. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back again tomorrow right here on Mojo Five O. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. This episode is sponsored by schwans.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details.